This is the Life in the Front Office podcast. I want to first thank all of our listeners to making this a success and helping us continue to grow. We bring on sports executives and professionals from around the industry, all different aspects of the industry, to provide insights and advice for those who are trying to enter the sports industry or those who are already in the industry just looking to learn something new and continue to get better. If you like our episode, please rate us on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, and visit our website at lifeinthefrontoffice.com for more episodes. Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jake Hirschman, and today I've got a really exciting guest. Uh, no, needs no introduction, but uh, three-time NBA champion Bruce Bowen. Really excited to talk to Bruce today about his career and then his career after his career and kind of what he's done over the last 10, 10 or so years post his playing career with the San Antonio Spurs and, and other teams um, and really dive into kind of the the front office and what is behind um, the business of sports and being a player on the court and kind of seeing it from from his perspective. So Bruce, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Now, Bruce, you, you spent obviously quite a few years on the court. Um, give us kind of an update on, on where you have gone and what you've done post your playing career. Well, um, after I retired, uh, I, I went into television and it was it was quite a quite an experience. You know, I've always been able to talk about different things but now it was more about okay a a distinctive point within 15 seconds and you're trying to throw all you can to try to educate your audience and things of that nature and you realize that just as in anything else you need to work at transforming into something different especially when it comes to tv or radio or what have you. And so I I think that, you know, that little transition allowed me to go back through the the bumps and bruises of of getting to know uh, an audience, number one, but but more importantly, also dumbing, not dumbing down, but humbling yourself to the point where you realize that you need help in a certain area and just you talking about the defense or a championship team it is not the only thing that you can do. It's, it's so many other avenues when, when it comes to the game of basketball. So as, as you're going through your experience as an analyst and, and figuring out things as you go, kind of building upon experiences, what, what experiences did you, did you draw back from being a player and maybe the processes or um, you know, times that you went through adversity and trying to figure things out? Like what did you, what did you take from that experience to try and apply it to uh, be in front of the camera. Well, I think in anything, you can't be afraid to improve in something. And you have to understand that you have to improve in, in, in certain areas in life in order to be better. And so I had a coach. I had a, a, a coach that helped me, you know, dictate certain things like pace of speaking, making sure I'm not just rambling, 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 but when I speak, Make sure I, I can I can own up to it, and also that it's some poignant and I stand behind it. 
not just talking to talk, but have a purpose while you're talking. And so as as you get into that, you start to realize that you have to be critical of some of the guys that you maybe once played with or guys that you played against. And so that critical aspect of things was the most difficult. And I think that is the most difficult because as a player, you don't want to come off as that guy that's now trashing former player or current players because you're a former player. And so I really had to navigate that area and make sure that, you know, if I say something, let me make sure I'm able to look at that guy in the face when he approaches me about whatever it is that I may have said. Mm -hmm. Now, on the business side or even on the player side, you develop relationships along the way, um, which assuming you do that as a player as well, you're, you're building relationships with your agents, with your sponsors, et cetera. On, on the camera side, um, yes, you're kind of getting in front of the camera and, and talking about a game or talking about a team, but talk a little bit about the relationships you have to kind of build throughout that industry to whether it's the coaches or, or your co-workers that you're working with uh, to ultimately make you successful. You know, you say that and immediately I think of Aaron Rodgers and his offensive coordinator, you know, when they say in the NFL and I'm obviously I, I didn't play football, but what I've heard is that quarterbacks become really close with their offensive coordinators because, you know, they spend a lot of time with each other trying to come up with the best option of whatever's going on whenever they're doing what they do. And so <clears throat> producers for us was one of those avenues that I saw as, you know, someone that can help you, but also someone that can tell you the, the truth. And, and this is the thing is that with a lot of athletes, if you've had success, sometimes people don't know how to approach you because in some organizations or some places, you didn't necessarily make yourself available to the media or you were trying to always protect what was sacred and that was whatever went on in the locker room. And so now you're talking about certain things or, or coming up with different avenues to go. And these producers, sometimes they're like, hey, okay, well, how can we dig even deeper into that? And whereas you were accustomed to hiding things, now you're bringing things to light that are very intriguing to, to the listener. No, most definitely. And, and as you are constantly working on deep, you know, diving deeper, finding that extra information, were there people that you leaned upon, whether it was, you know, from your past playing experience or the relationships that you built up getting into the industry? Um, who'd you, who'd you lean on to kind of, you know, help you with the research or, um, craft some of the, the the different perspectives that you had. Well, I, <clears throat> one thing I, I I tried to do is make sure that I could kind of approach my my second career or life after basketball, kind of like I approached basketball. And you know, obviously, I used to study a lot of film and and watch guys' tendencies. Well, you can still do that even in the breaking down of certain tapes because my perspective may be different than another former NBA's perspective. But what, what makes my perspective that much more intriguing is that it's from my point of view. And one thing I, I, you know, I remember it was 
Chris Carter who said, hey, it doesn't matter what you say as long as it's your opinion. You know, you can't speak for others. You got to speak for what where you're coming from. And in that, I remember just thinking about, how. well, what if someone doesn't like it? And, I, and immediately I went to when I would play in Phoenix sometimes, the booze and things like that. I didn't care about that because I was there to do a job. So it, it kind of fit. And as far as I was concerned, I, oh, if someone doesn't care about this, so be it. You're not coming from where I'm coming from. You don't know the game quite like I do. And so it, it, it almost became like a badge of honor for me is that whenever I, I was on a show with reporters, you know, they're giving you a, a reporter's perspective. And there were a few times where I said, well, see, you're saying that because you didn't play the game. Then I realized some guys didn't like that being said. But in reality, you can't understand because you haven't played at this level. Right. Well, and, and, you know, for a lot of the people who work on the player side, right, there's always that argument of um, the, the people in the front office, whether it's the analytics people or, or whoever else is, is working on that side. Well, you didn't play or you didn't play at a high enough level. Um, well, you, you did, right? So you've, you've got that experience, <laughs> but, but as you, as you look back to your career and kind of, you know, whether it's 2009, when you're, when you're, you know, hanging it up and, and you're thinking, okay, what's next for Bruce Bowen, not what's next for Bruce Bowen with the Spurs or, or whatever other team you played for. How did you separate yourself mm-hmm. from, you know, the logo that you had on, on the front of your chest every night to, you know, I'm Bruce, like what, who is Bruce? Right. And and that's a great question because, you know, all of this kind of evolved because, you know, I want to spend time with my kids. I had at the time I had a a one-year-old and a three-year-old. And I remember my three-year-old saying this via, I was in Denver and he says, Poppy, I want to be with you. (laughs) And for, for a person like I, for, for a person who didn't grow up with their, with their father around, it, it really, it, I took, I I take fatherhood like, you know, it's one of the greatest honors. It's one of the greatest responsibilities that, that, that I've ever had. And, and I cherish it. It's one of those deals, you know, for those athletes or people that are really involved in their craft, every single day, you're thinking about how can I be better? How can I do this a little better? And that's how I look at fatherhood. So my thoughts were at that time, well, I think it's time to hang them up because I need to be a father. So as I did that, I didn't know what was next. I just knew that I wanted to spend time with my kids and be there for them, whereas I didn't have that. Now, in that, there was a lot of things that transpires during that time, whereas routines. I had the routine of being an NBA player for three and a half, four years of their life. So now that I've stopped, I can't wait for Thanksgiving. (laughs) I can't wait for Christmas because those were days that sometimes we were traveling on those days or playing on Christmas. And so you start to really understand how you're missing some of the key ingredients of life, and that's family time. So now that I have that time to spend with them, it just opens my eyes up to a whole nother world a world that I hadn't had since I was maybe 16 or 17. 
So here it is. I'm 38, 39, and that's 21 years removed from a lot of those things that families did. So I'm getting a chance to enjoy those things. I'm getting a chance to see things in a different perspective. And most importantly, I'm getting a chance to be a father and be there for my kids. The only downfall was the fact that everybody else knew I was retired. So they had requests. And I tell you, that first year and a half, you're turning down folks, turning down folks, because they know you're not playing. You can't use the season as an excuse anymore. <laughs> right. You, you, you have all that time that uh, becomes empty in your <laughs> calendar, per se, right? And, you know, you, you, you probably know just as well as, as we all do working in the sports industry. If you're playing on Christmas, there's 80 other people, 100 other people that are working the game, you know, that's on Christmas, right? And so it's, it's not just the players on the court. It's the people that are in the office and, and putting on the show. Um, for those who are either – starting in the industry or maybe they're execs in the industry and, and they're up at that high level where they got to be at everything uh, and, and the FaceTime all the time, you know, what advice do you have from the work-life balance and the family perspective of, you know, how do you not miss those Thanksgivings or those Christmases or um, how do you put it as a priority, even though to your point, as an NBA player, your work was just as important as anyone else's uh, and, and that's what you put first. Yeah, you know, I think there has to be a, a, I think a responsibility as 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 a parent or a responsibility in that in that aspect of appreciating where you are in life. I even think for those that work on those holidays, I think the more that you can appreciate where you are in life, it allows you to understand that okay, this is for a moment, but you're able to delve in a little deeper and understand that, hey, some people, some people don't have a job to work on this day. Or some people don't have the things that you may have in order to celebrate this day. I've learned that, you know, the more that we can not necessarily focus on self, but more or less focus on the other intangible things, the better off we are. The the, the easier it is to sleep at night, you know, the, the better the conversations are because it's not caught up in a bunch of materialistic things. It's, it's you talking about the virtues of life, the important things in life, like family or friends and, and spending that time during those holidays or just in, in the realm of doing things on a regular basis. You know, a lot of times it's tough for athletes when you retire because, you no longer have that great support of following of individuals. And that's also one of the negatives that, as the old adage states, time tells on everyone. You start to see who's truly for you and in your corner during mm -hmm. those times, you know, right after you get through playing whatever sport it is or whatever retirement you take, you start to see life very differently. As you, as you kind of turn the page on, on your you know, NBA career and, and, and that chapter. And as you looked towards fatherhood and you looked towards kind of what was, what was next, um, what were some of the things that you tried to take from being successful uh, in the NBA to, you know, thinking, okay, what can I apply to whatever's next? What, what were some of those skills or attributes or the, or the soft skills that you tried to apply? 
Well, I, I think that with Pop, you know, one thing he always kept it about is, hey, as bad as you think it is, you know, we have young kids fighting to protect our freedom. And for you to worry about going one for six in a game, your, your mind's not in the right area. Um, I think that's part of the hum- humanity of life is what he constantly, you know, showed us and what his example was to us as far as when you are in a certain environment, get to know those individuals. You know, I've, I've been able to formulate a lot of great relationships at ESPN because of that, because of the, the human aspect of things, being able to converse with individuals and not think more of myself than I should, because at the end of the day, I believe just as you do. So I think the more that for me to focus on the human aspect of things, you start to enjoy life a little bit more because it's no longer about the glitz and glamour of whatever life you came out of. It's more about being a human being and understanding that there are so many interesting individuals in this world. If you step out and get to know individuals Nine times out of ten, you'll come across some really cool people. And and for some of those cool people that you've kind of run into, obviously, play playing with a lot of different guys over your career, they're all part of a team, right? They're all whether you're at ESPN or you know you're coaching high school <laughs> basketball or you're playing on the court, you're all part of a team. Uh, talk a little bit about kind of what team means to you and how other people can use it in their careers and in their day to day activities. You know, team team is ultimately one of the greatest experiences that I think anybody can truly have with learning more about what life is about. You know, that old adage, if I hit you with my hand open, it's not as powerful if I if I ball my fist up and all my fingers come in together. As a unit, it's more impactful. And so even as coaching now, uh, I've had the opportunity to do that uh, with youngsters, teenagers, and, and, and elementary school kids, I really enjoy the aspect of watching a young man or a young lady get it when they see the fruits of their labor pay off. I've, I've been around a lot of individuals that have not been taught the game, and unfortunately that is a disappointment because when you talk about this game of basketball, I look at it as the game of life. And if we're not taught the key essential things in life, then it sets, I think it sets us up for failure. And so first and foremost, it's the fundamentals for me. It's the the opportunity of watching kids learn the fundamentals to be able to compete against even more elite kids. You know, you just can't do it by shortcuts. You can't do it in education by skipping the alphabet. So I think it's the teaching aspect of a sport that that really gets my juices flowing because I see something transpiring with individuals when that transpires. When that happens, now you have people truly taking an interest in how things work. And then you throw in accountability. Now, 
that person understands how important it is to be accountable, be responsible to their teammate, to their peers, to their group. So if you have individuals that are committed to the group and understand that this is the way that we can accomplish more as a unit, I think it leads to lasting situations as far as memories go. Because I, I think about the times that I had success in high school when I really didn't know what I was doing in basketball, but I had a blast doing it. Well, no, that's awesome. And, and I think one of the, the key points that I take away from that is, is you've been able to find enjoyment and success and fulfillment through something else other than just, you know, raising a trophy in front of all the cameras. Right. And, and I think, you know, obviously you've had such a successful career on the court um, and continuing that off the court, but, What's kind of that, that goal for you? What is, what is the fulfillment piece that, you know, you try and seek um, to equal that feeling of being on top of the world, you know, winning the championship or being with your teammates or getting better every day? You know, it, it's funny how you think about some of the greatest songs that you thought were the best <laughs> ever. And then two years, two years later, they're no longer relevant. And, and that's how I, I think life is supposed to transpire because if I'm sitting back just constantly talking about the championships that I won, which the last one was 12 years ago, it, it's like, hey, old man, stop living in the past, please. It's truly about how we can impact those coming up. I think that is our responsibility especially if you've been blessed to do something quite like I have. I'm, obviously, that helps me start conversations as being a champion. But what really motivates me is the fact that I can see kids learning to compete in this world where so much is given to a lot of kids. You look at a lot of our club programs, AAU basketball teams, a lot of these teams have been put together and there hasn't been a tryout. The only tryout these kids come, come across is maybe if they make it to the NBA draft. That's about it. I think kids need to experience some type of failure where they fall flat on their face because that's when the maturation process starts to take place. That's when this individual starts to understand that, okay, I may have given this much, but I need to give a little bit more. And if they truly are passionate about what it is that they say they're passionate about, they're going to do the little things that are necessary in order to attain that goal of what they're trying to do and trying to accomplish. So I love it. I was just talking to my brother the other day about this. I said, you know what? My what would be fantastic to me is if a kid that I coached in high school goes away to college and he comes back and he says, coach, you know, here it is. I've been prepared for this because of the things that we did here. I, I, I think about Jamal Mashburn when we were in Miami together. Here it is. Pat Riley had these different stations and things. And, and I had never experienced anything like that in college. And I asked Jamal, I was like, man, I said, this is, this is so new. This is pretty cool, huh? And he says, I did this in college. So what was cool <laughs> to me was something tedious to him. 
because he had already experienced right. it. It's almost as if you've been in a job for five years and, and you know, you've gone through season after season after season. And then, you know, you hire someone new and they come in and, and their eyes wide open because they came from basketball and now they're in baseball or whatever the case might be. Right. And all of a sudden they're soaking up all this knowledge yeah. being a sponge and you're going, Oh, I, I knew that already. Right. And, and so how do you, how do you approach that uh, as, as a coach where, you know, kids have attitudes, um, you know, for the, for the kid oh, that goes, man, I know how man. to do that. How do you, how do you, how do you approach oh, that? Oh my goodness. Teenage, <laughs> teenage kids, man. I mean, I, I can't say I remember doing this with my dad cause he wasn't <laughs> around, but you know, I'm sure I had an attitude, but it's even, it's more to that attitude than we think. You can't look at that and say, Oh, you know, what? I'm going to show this kid something. I'm going to show him what I'm about. No, that kid is asking for a little bit more. That kid is asking for something deeper than just verbiage. He he's asking for someone that he he's requesting something that is something that will be there from not just a couple of days, couple of hours, but for the duration of him being involved in that sport. What he's learning to do is trust. And sometimes we feel like we've already passed the trust test because of who we are. Again, in San Antonio, a lot of people know me, not these young kids because they were not around <laughs> then. So, so that's another opportunity for me to teach and, and earn their respect. Now I'm not saying that you go out and tell them, okay, whatever, what, what do you guys want to do today at practice? That is not <laughs> what I'm saying. As a, as a teacher, as a coach, you are to impact. And it doesn't mean that the kids are going to like what you have to say all the time, but you still have to do your part. And so when I see kids that do that, or when I'm dealing with my own kids, I understand that's not the time for me to be dad. It's the time for me to be their coach and allow them to express themselves in a respectful manner. I think sometimes people get caught up into who they who they are or who they used to be. That means absolutely nothing if I can't get a kid to make the right play, to make the right pass, to be able to look at me during the heat of a battle and he's a little frustrated and I can say something off the wall like, what did you have for dinner last night? And they look at me like, what? <laughs> and then I say, what you don't know you mean to tell me you don't know what you had to did you eat dinner <laughs> last night now now that kid is no longer dwelling on whatever transpired that got him a little upset now he's trying to figure out what are you talking about coach my dinner and then it hits him like oh wait wait i had broccoli and chicken i said my man all right now go play those are special moments. No, that's to me. great. Keeping it light. I mean, I I remember uh, playing playing college baseball. You you definitely have those mound visits where the pitching coach would come out and he <laughs> start talking about something, and you're like that that has nothing to do with the game. What? And well, the whole point was to get your mind off of whatever you were trying to you know trying to think about, and it was like don't think, just throw the ball. Um, <laughs> you know, one one of the, one of the things I wanted to to talk to you about as well as we as we kind of finish up the episode is is that culture piece and uh, how it plays such an important factor, not only in what you did on the court, but, you know, whether that's, you know, as, as you're coaching and you've got a team or, or your foundation and, and the people that you work with there, 
um, for anyone who's listening and, and they're part of a team, part of a front office, whatever the case might be, what's, what's kind of those, you know, couple nuggets that you really take, take away from your career and, and the culture piece of, of, you know, being on a team and, and being in that locker room of, of, uh, you know, close group of people all trying to accomplish one goal. Right. And that's the thing, the, the goal, what is your goal? What is the goal for the business? What is the goal for the team? And, and understanding that everybody has a certain role that they can play in trying to attain that goal. Now, if you do your part and, 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 and you're very diligent in what you do as far as your part is concerned, I think those are the things where we start the process of creating lasting relationships. Being that everybody can't be a Tim Duncan, everybody can't be a Kobe Bryant, everybody can't be Shaq, but you can do your part and, and your mindset can be on the, almost on the same level as those others, the thinking aspect of the game. You may not be able to do all the things that they can do, but by you being able to focus and lock in, now you're able to give one of the greatest contributions that anyone can think of when it comes to assisting your teammate. Sometimes it's not about, you know, I'll give a basketball analogy here, is keeping the defense honest. Tim Duncan got double teamed a lot when we were playing. If I'm able to knock down the shot, maybe now they think twice about the double team off of me, which allows me to do my job defensively because I've been able to knock down a shot. Now he can play more freely. If I'm able to knock down a shot, Manu Ginobili's, he he just and I'm talking about mine is a is 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 very minimal as compared to what they do. I'm not saying that I'm just as important as they are. I'm not saying that what I do is just as special as them. What I am saying is if I do my part, we all celebrate in the championship. And sometimes doing your part is something that looks so minimal, but at the same time, because those figures that are coaches understand that it's so much more to it, that you enhance the group as compared to being a individual that kind of brings the group down as far as, well, if he could have only did this, then we could have had success. It's not that way, but you also develop relationships in this. And I think that's the greatest opportunity of of all the things that you go through when it comes to teams and the aspect of sport and the aspect of business once you start to take a a qualified look into a teammate's life and where they're from and what they've been through i think it allows the whole group to gel even more so together because now you're taking an interest in your teammate and as we start to learn things from one another that only enhances the experience that we have with one another. No, most definitely. And, and, you know, to get to know people closer on a different level than just showing up to the office and, you know, answer, answering their yes. emails and, you know, whatever it might be sitting in that meeting with them and agreeing or not agreeing. Um, what? Go ahead. And, 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 and just not to cut you off, but it's okay to disagree. But there's a right time and place to have those disagreements. And I think if we can keep the aspect of respect of everyone, I think that helps as well. If you respect them as you want them to respect you, 
You know, you look at what Tim Duncan was able to do for 20 years. He had Tony, Manu, and the fact that he was able to say, hey, I respect your talent. Bring your talent with my talent. Let's put our talents mm -hmm. together. That's that's the big piece because he was secure within himself to take a step back so that someone else can shine. I, 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 I can't tell you this enough. I've never experienced another individual that was just as happy in, in basketball where everyone's in competition mode, where everyone is trying to do things to take care of their family and friends. You know, it can be a selfish type of ordeal. But what Tim did was say, hey, you know what? I, I respect what that person does. I know that if that person can do that, it's going to allow us to go further. He took self out of the equation so that he can be more to the group. And what happens when you get a leader that does that, now it kind of trickles down and everyone has some type of, of impact in that manner. Manu Ginobili, love him to death. He would turn the ball over trying to make a, a pass to you. I don't know a lot of guys that's willing to take a turnover in order to enhance another <laughs> man's game. So, you know, I just I think about those things and I realize how blessed I am to have been able to play with those guys because that's not the norm. That is not the norm. But we were able to accomplish things where we never got too high or too low where we could continuously enjoy those moments. No, definitely. And, and last question for you as, as uh, we finish this episode and, and really enjoyed, you know, hearing kind of how you've, you've approached the career and, and then your career after life and, or after sport and, and understanding that a lot of people think that the transition from, from sport to out of sport and into life per se is, is so vastly different, but listening to you talk about it, it's, it's so much the same just a different landscape, right? Instead of being on a hardwood court, you're somewhere else, you know, well, well, for you, for you, you're, you know, you're coaching, so you're still on a hardwood court. But, but, you know, just talk, talk to us about, you know, and kind of the last, last words of like, what were those things that you kind of really had to think about of what are my true, um, you know, core pieces to my success, like core pieces to who I am and, and what I have to focus on strengths, et cetera, but then also being open to the things that you maybe don't know. Yeah, I, I think that's just part of life. And, and I've been fortunate enough to have a family that, that I think keeps me grounded. I have a brother that, that is, I call him my brother, mother, uh, because he's had such an impact and influence upon me, but we've always looked at things in a realistic manner. I always understood that I couldn't play in the NBA forever, but what could I do to, to, to help set things up in a way where I can, I can have an impact in some way, shape or form. Now, I didn't know it would be ESPN. I didn't know it would be coaching, but I tell you, man, I love basketball and I love being able to <clears throat> express the game. I, I love being able to teach the game. I love being able to be a part of youngsters experiencing something that is so beneficial in life, like getting your getting your, your your butts kicked and coming back the next day to practice and understanding that, 
hey, we got another level we need to approach in order to be able to compete. Hey, you know, failure is not the end all be all, but we learn from those moments of failure. And as you continue to delve into this thing called life, you start to realize that, my goodness, look at the examples that I'm able to utilize for the kids through my experiences and through the things that I see within them. So if I'm able to continue to give back in that way, shape, or form, and I think that's that's one of the greatest gifts I'm able to do is being able to take a lot of things that I've been through in this game of basketball and apply it to the game of life for a lot of the youngsters that I deal with. No, that's with. great. And, and the game of life and you know applies to business, applies to really anything kind of we all do. And, and just keeping in keeping that perspective is great. So, Bruce, really appreciate the time today. Uh, really enjoyed having you on, on the podcast and certainly always welcome you back on in the near future. Best of luck this, this season uh, on, on the court. And uh, Thank appreciate, you. <laughs> I always appreciate the time. All right, my man. Make sure we Absolutely. do this again. All right. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate- I want to take the time to thank you for listening to Life in the Front Office. And if you liked our episode, please rate us on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We greatly appreciate it. And for more episodes, Visit us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on our website at lifeinthefrontoffice.com. And please continue to share uh, with your colleagues on social media and help us continue to grow. Thanks.